Hello, you're very welcome into NCBI's technology podcast. My name is Stuart Lawler. This is episode number 16 for September 2013. Very nice to be back with you once again. Thank you for downloading and subscribing to our technology podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us after anything you hear on today's show, please send an email to technologypodcast at ncbi.ie. We'd love to hear from you. Now, coming up over the next 57 or so minutes, we have recordings from our recent Technology Focus Day that we held at NCBI. Jamie Pauls and Lisa Salinger from Serotech Corporation are with me to talk about their socializer, and then I show you how to use it. We dip into our mailbag and read some letters and correspondence from listeners before we hear about accessible GPS from Mike May and a brand new Braille display from Terry Clasper of Optelec UK. That's all coming up on this month's edition of NCBI's Technology Podcast. Enjoy! Well, starting us off this month, on the last episode of our technology podcast, we told you about our focus day that we were running in conjunction with Dolphin Computer Access and Optelec UK on Friday the 30th of August at our Rehabilitation Training Centre in NCBI. It was lovely to see so many people. It's always nice to catch up with our service users and listeners to the technology podcast at these uh, exhibition-type events. And we sent our reporter Eloise Cahill along to find out what was going on. Eloise spoke Firstly, with Dave Salisbury from Dolphin Computer Access. We've got a couple of programmes called Supernova. Supernova comes in four versions. Okay. Okay, so you can have Supernova Magnifier, just magnification. Okay. Supernova Screen Reader, mm-hmm. aimed at blind people, just speech. And then there's Supernova Reader Magnifier with magnification and limited speech or access suite, which is everything. And then we do another programme called Guide, which is the simplest computer programme in the world. Okay. Now, what's the difference between all three of them? And why are, why are they showcased at all? the different degrees of sight loss. Okay, uh, well, I mean, if somebody just got a visual impairment only needs magnification they don't need to speak so it's cheaper just to buy magnification okay. so and if someone's totally blind they don't need the magnification then they can just buy a screen reader but schools colleges universities libraries things like that don't know what degree of visual impairment someone has coming in so then they buy the access suite which is everything and, and that reads windows 8 windows 7 that sort of thing guide is aimed at the older generation but saying that back in the uk we've been put it into special schools for children with learning difficulties brain injuries that sort of thing because it does away with windows it's got its own simple menu driven and that was dave salisbury optelec uk have always been prominent in the low vision space and eloise took an opportunity to chat with mark hill so the clearview plus and clearview one machine that you have in front of you now is just um it's, it's just a powerful magnifier but there uh, our other clearview plus machine which is here today um has a special touch screen it's quite a clever device really and you can add this touch screen to any Clearview Plus machine that's out there and if you touch the screen it then scans and reads back the information from the screen it won't re- read handwriting but any printed text it's pretty accurate at, at reading it back to you and as this is a visual product um, uh, even though it's reading back to you it also itemizes all the different paragraphs so if you want to just skip past a few paragraphs you can go straight to another paragraph your preferred paragraph paragraph number four for example and it'll read that back to you straight away when you were saying it doesn't read handwriting how come it can't read the handwriting versus the print um, yes uh 
It, it's a that's a six million dollar question really with uh, handwriting uh, and it's the uh, it's actually the one thing that we get asked most of all when we go and meet people at, at events like this that we're doing today um, can it read handwriting unfortunately there's there's not really anything at the moment that can read handwriting other than um, when you're reading yourself because of course handwriting is so variable um, the quality of it so at least when you have a text-based document um, most documents nowadays newspapers magazines they use one of maybe only two or three type of, uh, types of fonts you know whether it's um, Arial or Times New Roman um, and of course those fonts are fairly easy to read using the today's technology but um, with handwriting it's a bit more difficult because of course my handwriting is different from yours yeah. and um, and hand some people's handwriting is very clear and very very nice to look at and then you know uh, for example my handwriting isn't that clear at all so it th- that's why that's why it's so difficult to develop technology I'm, I'm sure there are companies out there that are trying to crack the code if you like to to develop something but um at the moment it's all it's really about um magnifying and reading back uh, the text that you get on documents like newspapers, magazines, uh, and of course being able to view your holiday photos and um, pictures of family um, as if they were in large print. So you don't have to worry about enlarging them um, on a photocopier. You can you can you can use a machine like the Optelec Clearview Plus and and see them on screen. Many thanks to Mark Hill from Optelec, and of course thanks to Eloise for reporting at our focus day. Now, if you want to know more about technology exhibitions, watch this space because on the October edition of our podcast, I'll be telling you all about NCBI's Roadshow exhibition, which is happening at the end of October. We're visiting three cities. Uh, Lots more information about that coming up for you on next month's edition. On the last episode of our technology podcast, I spoke a little bit about Facebook and we were talking about some of the accessibility solutions that have recently appeared to make the Facebook experience a lot more pleasant. This month, we're going to look at the Socializer, which is a product of Serotech Corporation. And I'm very happy to have with us today on TeamTalk, a very new experience for me, new voice interface system, uh, Jamie Pauls and Lisa Salinger from Serotech. Jamie and Lisa, you're very welcome. Thanks for joining us, guys. Great to be here. Thank you for having us. Uh, Jamie, maybe before we, we go in depth about the Socializer, as content director of uh, Serotech and a lot of the podcasts that are produced, can you just give us a, a very quick idea of what's going on content-wise? Because there's so much stuff coming out of your your little uh, virtual studios, right? Absolutely. Well, first of all, if you are a subscriber to the System Access Mobile Network, there is so much content, old-time radio, radio stations. You can listen to uh, television networks um, and some select shows um, from TV networks on online. I, I like to think of the System Access Mobile Network as convenience for the professional who you're busy maybe you're a very savvy computer user but you know you would really quickly like to get news and and weather and have it all customized and at your fingertips pun intended um and the system access mobile network is a great place to do that or samnet as we like to call it 
But if you're a new computer user, maybe you've never touched a computer, we can provide that level of uh, of uh, you know assistance as as well to kind of get you up and running and and actually able to communicate with family and friends and all that good sort of thing. Um, the podcast network, the Sarah Talk Podcast Network, is uh, what you would expect—a network of several podcasts. Uh, our flagship podcast, of course, is the Sarah Talk Podcast, where we do tech stories, both mainstream and AT, and sometimes it's hard to tell the difference, which is which, which is uh, kind of the time that we live in these days. But then we branch off into more specific things. For example, uh, Lisa produces Sarospectives, which is the tech news of the month, kind of highlights of, of some of the things we talk about on Sarah Talk and some things we don't, actually. Then we have the Triple Click Home podcast, which I am pleased to be able to produce, which is all about our Mac and iOS uh, information. Then that Android show, which, of course, talks about all things Android. And finally, our Low Vision podcast is high contrast. Um, I think whether you're totally blind or you have partial vision or even if you're fully sighted and just want to know more about that, there's a lot of great content there as well. Yeah, I was I was actually struck by that because it's certainly the only podcast I'm aware of that's dealing uh, specifically with the low vision market, which is a market sometimes I think that that tends to be forgotten in the podcast space. Well, and you know, and, and there's no disrespect to any other podcast, but a lot of times it's just really kind of dry medical information. You almost feel like you're at a, a at a seminar, but this podcast, high contrast, is people talking about experiences with losing vision dealing with degraded vision tips and tricks and plus just some heartfelt stories about how they how they deal all right well i certainly as a, a listener in particular to the to the Sierra talk uh, podcast I, I i think everybody should be checking you guys out because you're brilliant um lisa i signed up for facebook initially a couple of years ago i tried it for a while and i gave it up because a it was taking too much of my time and b i suppose the reason it was taking too much of my time is i just found it so clunky and really unusable because it was changing all the time and then the socializer came along i signed up again and um, you're the reason for me spending so much time on Facebook. So that's the first thing. Um, tell us a bit about what, what brought the socializer into being. Well, I think that part of what brought it into being was what you just said, Facebook frustration. And more and more, it seems that the only way to keep in touch with some family, some friends, is through Facebook. And it's not like... Email used to be where, you know, you'd get a lot of your articles and things through email. More and more, they were coming through Facebook and Twitter. And um, I had a Facebook account for a couple years and really hated it because I'm a fairly skilled computer user, but I didn't like to learn just to have that learning and that knowledge of how something worked change completely in a week or two weeks. And just the amount of clutter to get through, to get to even read my timeline was incredible. So this is really great because you can just down arrow and you can read through your timeline. If there's a link, you can open the link, you can reply you can like posts. And the thing is that Socializer is far more than just Facebook. It's also Skype uh, and Skype chat, Twitter, 
Yahoo Messenger, Google Talk, Windows Live Messenger, AOL Instant Messenger. And back to Facebook, it's Facebook, but it's also Facebook chat. So if you see one of your Facebook contacts online, you can message with them. And the nice thing is that the interface that you use, the same commands, the same structure that you use to communicate on Twitter or on Skype or on Facebook are all the same. So it provides a very easy, very uniform kind of experience. So was the idea to to maybe create this one-stop place, if you like, where all our social networking needs could be met because there are different apps, obviously for Twitter, we might have had Windows Live in the past, Skype, all the separate clients maybe opened on our PC at once. This is maybe trying to eliminate this. It's kind of like a dashboard where everything is all together in one place. And it's really nice because I remember, for example, Windows Live Messenger, uh, you would get a message that said, this is my own loose paraphrase, congratulations, whether you like it or not, you have just received an update. It may or may not be easy for you to use with your screen reader of choice, you know. Um, So this really helps. As a matter of fact, my sighted sister, one of my sighted sisters keeps saying to me, when are you guys going to make a program like that for the rest of us? Because the idea of having everything all together in one place like that is also easier from the standpoint of using computer resources. Um, You know, you don't have to have all of these separate programs installed. And when they update, you don't have to relearn it. We kind of have done that work and simplified things so that you don't have to relearn and use, you know, a script for this and a, a tweak for that and a set file for this just to make it work. Okay. Now, the, the software itself, because, well, I guess now things are changing, but maybe traditionally when someone purchased a piece of software, it was installed on their PC. The really nice thing about this is it's browser-based and updates are, are pretty much rolled out, you know, very quickly, right? It is browser-based in that you need to go to the browser to install it. But then you do install it on your machine. Uh, We have had people who run it completely from the browser, and their experience may be a little different. Uh, Contacts may not load or may not load as quickly. So we do encourage people to install it on their computers. One question that we get an awful lot is... I use XYZ screen reader. Will this work with my screen reader? Or do I have to shut down my screen reader to use SamNet? And the answer is no, that you really don't. A customer had the voice in SamNet set to the same speed and such as she used for her primary screen reader. And she said, you know, I alt-tab from one thing to another and I can't really tell where my screen reader ends and where SamNet takes over. It's something I've done myself as well. I've used the very same speech engine on my screen reader. And when I use SamNet and the, when I use the socializer, which is the thing I've been using most, I guess, in the last little while, um, it, it, it just works perfectly. So viewing not only your own wall within Facebook, you can view the walls of your contacts. And as you said, you can easily open... Uh, posts and make comments on them and see comments that other people have made, which I've never been able to do before. Yeah, you can 
really kind of, when you see any particular status, you can really interact with it. Or if it's the 142nd time that day that you've seen, I just creamed someone in Candy Crush Saga or whatever, you can also skip by it. So the beauty is that there's a lot under the hood of each one of those status updates, and you can kind of interact with each one as much or as little as you want. It's as simple as pressing the enter key or the tab key and choosing different options and uh, replying or liking, uh, you know, a post. Okay. Um, Before we we maybe talk about how people can get it, and I know there are options, I suppose, around how people might purchase your services. Jamie, let's chat because as a user of the Socializer, your experience, were you a, um, a Facebook user prior to the Socializer? I wanted to be a Facebook user, and I think that's the key. Um, the reason I wanted to is because my friends and family were using it, and my wife you know, would tell me things that were on. And if, I will have to say that the accessibility has improved both on iOS and on the website, but even at that, it's difficult to quickly look at posts. And like Lisa said, skim by things because you're going to hear the link that you don't really want to hear that's you know, 100 miles long that is associated with that game or that that uh, photo that no one uh, put a, a, a text uh, caption with. But with the socializer, you don't hear that. You hear that a link is available. If you choose to look at it, you can, but it's very easy to just simply skim quickly through posts and focus on the ones that are relevant to you. I, I will also say that there are times that you might need to do something in Facebook Um, either because we don't have a feature implemented yet that we're still working on, or maybe Facebook says, you know what, third-party developers, sorry, we're not going to let you be able to do certain things. Um, But the process of going to Facebook occasionally to do something, like if I want to like a page, um, you know, a Facebook page or something, it's not as overwhelming to just do a basic task or two nearly as much as it was trying to understand the whole site um, seemingly at once. Yeah, Because certainly, I, and I said it on the last episode of our podcast, and um, Jamie, I, I think you've kind of said the same thing there. I, I certainly wanted to connect with family, and I certainly found there was a lot more of my sighted extended family using Facebook than there were using Twitter. Yeah. So, sure. uh, um, Lisa, the, 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 the product is available as part of the... Uh, SA mobile network is it can it be purchased individually or is it, or does it come with the, the SA mobile network or how, how, how does that work um, for people who, who no. might want to purchase uh, it comes as a part of the system access mobile network uh, socializer has been a feature of Samnet for quite some time it's just that we have drastically overhauled it there are two ways that you can purchase it. One is through a straight subscription to Samnet, and you can do that either yearly or monthly. Or you can purchase a subscription to what we call the Accessibility Anywhere package, and that includes System Access, which is our screen reader, DocuScan Plus, which is our scanning and reading software, and the System Access mobile network, and that is also available in yearly and monthly subscriptions. The other thing that we do offer so that you can try before you buy 
is you can sign up for a seven-day trial by going to www.sa, like system access, the word to, T-O, and the word go, G-O, so www.sa2go.com, or you can give us a call. We'd love to hear from you and to help you get set up. Now, directly after this interview, we're going to demo the socializer. But before we let you go, uh, guys, and maybe, Jamie, the the, um, the iBlink app for iOS and Android, you know that there's lots of people in Ireland using that to listen to all this content you spoke about earlier, as well as your yes. massive array of audio-described movies. You know, there, yeah, there's a lot of content up there, and uh, there's always new content. You never know what you're going to find so uh, I you know just a person needs to just go up there and browse and check things out and uh, if you have a subscription to the system access mobile network then yeah you can go into what it, what you will see as Samnet sampler and uh, when you're there then you do a, a connect or log in to Samnet and at that point Samnet sampler kind of goes away because you don't need that anymore and at the top of your uh, screen and I blink you'll see connect to Samnet and when you do that, yeah, there's uh, you can do most of the things that you can do on Samnet on iBlink. There are some um, things with Socializer and, th- and that sort of thing that are not available at this time. Uh, but uh, as far as listening to content, yeah, you can, you can spend lots of time doing that, actually. Samnet connectivity is available in iOS, and we hope to bring it to you soon on the Android platform as well. Finally, guys, before we let you go, Lisa, the... the I mean, what have people been saying about Socializer? Because anybody I've talked to about it is, is absolutely loving it. Is, is the feedback is the feedback good? Very much so. Uh, they say, you know, now I'm living in Samnet. I'm very addicted. I love being able to keep up with my family and friends, and I love that I was able to not have to take hours to learn stuff just to do it. Well, as I said at the beginning, it's uh, it's your fault. I'm spending more time than I probably should on Facebook. But uh, thanks a million for chatting to us. I do hope we're going to keep in touch with you guys. You're doing great and very innovative things um, at Serotech. So let's hope that we can check in with you a little later in the year. But for now, Jamie Pauls and Lisa Salinger, thank you very much for chatting to us. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Many thanks to Lisa and Jamie for chatting to us about the Serotech Socializer. Definitely a great product. And as promised, want to give you a very brief demonstration of how it works. You heard Lisa talk about the different purchasing plans if you want to get your hands on the Socializer. You can either choose to buy the Serotech Accessibility Anywhere package, which gives you access to a whole load of their products, or you can just buy the SA Mobile network, that's the Samnet product, which gives you access to the radio stations, audio-described movies, and all that other content that Jamie spoke about. This is the option I chose to go for. Um, It costs about €120 for the year. That does uh, depend a little bit on the exchange rate on the day that you purchase. And with that, of course, you get the socialiser. 
When you purchase the product, you do so online and then you install the software on your machine. But it always has the feel of a web-based application, which is actually something I didn't realize. And that's why I asked Lisa the question, was it actually something that was running from the web? And uh, I learned something in that interview because it's not, even though it does have the feel of a semi-web-based application. There's lots of things in the SamNet browser and mobile network that you can look at. We won't show them all to you today. In fact, we're just going to concentrate on the socializer. Just to let you know what I've done, I have JAWS running. Let's uh, get a title of the current window. JAWS. We're in JAWS. And I purchased the Eloquence speech synthesizer when I bought SamNet. I paid an extra $25, so it's a little under €20 at present, to purchase the Eloquence speech synthesizer. That's because I like Eloquence. It's nice and fast. I can get through things very efficiently. And my JAWS screen reader uses Eloquence. So really, I notice no difference when I load up SamNet. When you install SamNet on your machine, you get a shortcut key set up for you, and all you have to do is press Control, Alt, and N. So I'm going to do that, and we'll hear a little sound to tell us that SamNet is loading. Please wait. SamNet home. SamNet home. Listen to Zero Talk Podcast 167. Super Plastics Master. What would you like to do now? One email. So I'm now in my menu, my main SamNet menu. I can use up and down arrow. Two, link, news, three, link, sports. Two, link, news, one, link, email. And you'll, you'll see already it has the feel of a web page. Or I can press tab. News, link, sports, weather, docu, entertainment, link. And I'm literally tabbing through. DocuScan Plus, link. DocuScan Plus is a piece of software that allows you to scan and do OCR on documents. And the really great thing about DocuScan Plus is everything you scan, you can store in the cloud. So you can retrieve it from another device that has access to DocuScan Plus. Now I've reached the Socializer link. And before I press enter on it, just let me tell you that the only account I have set up on the Socializer at present is Facebook. You heard Lisa say in the interview that you can configure Skype. You can configure Twitter. Um, you can set up your Windows Live Messenger for anyone who's still using Windows Live Messenger before it gets discontinued. Uh, AIM and AOL and, and lots of other things. But I only have Facebook set up. So everything we see when we go in here is going to relate to Facebook. So let's press enter. Socializer, contacts, list, Eileen Murphy, online, Facebook. Now I'm in my list of contacts. And these are online Facebook contacts. And the first person, it's listed alphabetically, is um, Ashling Lowe Murphy. You'll have heard it said that. All I need to do is down arrow through my contacts to see who's online. Brosnan, online face, Murphy, online Facebook. And it says Facebook after all these, because if I had other services configured here, for example, if I had Skype, it would list all my contacts and I could see the Skype ones or the Facebook ones. Nicola Murray, online Facebook. William Long, online Facebook. Okay, so they're all the contacts who are online. If I wanted to chat with any of those people, I can tab once and hit the chat button. I'm actually not going to do this um, because I've never got this to work and I don't think it's anything to do with Socializer. It's more so to do with the I think any of the people I've tried to Facebook chat with I, they they don't seem to be into it. I've never got responses. Um, so I, I'm going to leave Facebook chat. But we can chat with Ashling. We can tab again. View wall button. We can view Ashling's wall. So that would show me all the latest posts she has put on Facebook. Add contact button. I can add a contact. Um, 
I haven't tried this for Facebook, so I'm not sure if this will work within the context of Facebook. Status, drop down list, online. I can change my status, and it is a drop down list. Free to chat. So I can say I'm free to chat. Away. Away for an extended time. Away for an extended time. Online. Okay, see, there are the options you have. List closed. Sign out button. I can sign out. Facebook link. Or I can go into Facebook. Now, when I press enter here, it's going to open my Facebook timeline and I'll be able to see what people have been posting. So let's open this. New window, main feed, list, Ronald A, GOA, test status for Stuart Lawler for type tagging. Don't think it works. One hour ago, one like, two replies. This is a friend of mine, and actually this is really good because we'll be able to view the replies. A friend of mine was, um, we were trying something out earlier on today on Facebook to do what's called tagging to see if he put the at and my username in, would it tag me? And it actually didn't. But we'll come back to that in a minute. I'm in my timeline. I can use my down arrow. Maria Marty Green, I am such a happy, content little son. Just smiles and smiles. One hour ago, 16 likes. This is Facebook, guys. Uh, so there's a friend of mine talking about her baby. Nicola Murray, Dublin, here we come again. Ah, link available. Kilkenny train station, two hours ago. Um, CR Lawler, link available. Harper Beckham sits front row at Victoria's New York Fashion Week show, two hours ago. That's my sister posting something about Harper Beckham. Is that um, David and Victoria's newest uh, child? I, I can't remember. I lose track of the names. Royce in Germany. Okay, I give in. Turning on the heating two hours ago. Okay. Ronald A. G.O.B. Hey, Devin Plunkett. Think these mini PCS might be the sort of thing you're looking for. Lisa Coffee. Read the day's horse. So I'm just, I'm just down arrowing. So you can very quickly move through your timeline. But I want to show you because the very first post we read, which was from my friend Ronald Gobi. Ronald A. G.O.B. Test status for Stuart Lawler for type tagging. Don't think it works. One hour ago. One like. Two replies. And he says, test status. Don't think it works. One like. Two replies. One thing I've noticed about the socializer, and I'm sure this is something they are looking at, and it may be a restriction of Facebook app development, is you don't know who liked something. So in Facebook, you can like posts. You can say, I like that. You don't have to comment. You can just like it. Now, if I tab once, open button. I can open the post, and we'll do that in a minute. If I tab again, like button. I can like it. So let's just like this post as well. So I'm going to hit the space bar. You like this, unlike button. And I can unlike it then, so the like button changes to unlike. But let's shift and tab open button. to open the post. Feed item, Ronald A, G-O-B, test status for Stuart Lawler for type tagging. Don't think it works. One hour ago, you like this button, unlike heading, replies, Stuart Lawler. I'm afraid it doesn't, but thanks for trying. One hour ago, Ronald A, G-O-B, sure what do blind people want with Facebook anyway? Nicola Murray has just signed out. Okay, so um, it read the comments. I had replied and said, I don't think it works. And my friend said, what do blind people want with Facebook? He's only joking. Um, so you can see we can arrow down. One hour ago, heading level two, reply to Ronald A, G-O-B. Through the replies. Editable text, blank. And then there's a box to reply, so I can send him a reply. And uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to press escape. Facebook, main feed, open button. To close that window. Past the like page, like or past the like button, wall button, I can view his wall, profile button. or I can view his profile, list of friends button. or I can browse my own list of Facebook friends. So you can see even that way, it's really quick. If I tab once more, my wall link. I can view my own wall. Post a new message. Editable text. And Thanks. here's where I can post a new message. And let's just write something really quickly for the purposes of this podcast. Doing a test. Demonstration of Facebook, the NCBI technology, doing a test demonstration of Facebook for the NCBI technology podcast button post. And we'll post that. Your message has been posted. Main feed list. Ronald A. G-O-B. And for that Lawler. has now appeared on my Facebook status. That's how easy it is to use the socializer. It makes Facebook very nice. Um, 
any updates that you get to the socializer just install when you when next you open it and I have never had it crash. I've never had any problems. The interface is very straightforward. The usability is really good, and I highly recommend it. If you want more information on the Socializer or on any of the Serotech products, remember you can go to www.satogo.com. You're listening to NCBI's Technology Podcast for September 2013. I hope you are enjoying our program. And if you want to get in touch with us at any time, you can send an email to technologypodcast, that's all one word, at ncbi.ie. We really love to hear from you. And somebody who did that was Eamon O'Connor. And he says, Hi, Stuart. Just a quick line to say that I very much enjoy the Technology Podcast. It's a really great idea, given that... That Infovix is no longer being produced. Infovix was the uh, magazine formerly produced by the Visually Impaired Computer Society of Ireland, VIX, uh, who is an organisation that we really need to check in with actually very soon to find out what's going on there. Uh, Eamon goes on to say, I'm quite interested in the Synaptic software for Android. The website and videos look very interesting. Well, thanks Eamon for getting in touch with us and um, be very interesting if you do explore Synaptic a little further uh, to hear how you're getting on. We also had an email from Mary Bennett with an attached letter in which she was outlining difficulties she had accessing our podcast archives from 2012. Uh, she talks about having problems downloading the different editions, um, in particular because of the illogical archiving system, as she put it. You're quite right, Mary, and I've been in touch with Mary by email already. Uh, this is why we switched to an RSS-based system, because it means that all our podcasts are together in one place. And of course, any episodes from January 2013 onwards are available by going to www.ncbi.ie forward slash technology podcast. And uh, you can also find show notes there for each of the back editions. We're definitely going to archive at least 12 episodes and um, possibly more depending on NCBI server space and website resources. But obviously, if there's changes, uh, I'll keep you posted but the RSS page, the feed or the actual page with show notes is always the best place to go to find the previous editions of our podcast. And thank you again, Mary, for getting in touch. I do appreciate you sending the email. Christina McCarthy enjoys our podcast. Thanks very much, Christina. It was lovely to hear from Christina. And also Kevin Kelly is enjoying our podcast. So thanks very much, guys, for getting in touch. Now, we love to hear from everybody, but we're particularly interested at present in hearing from low vision users of technology. I think it's fair to say that as someone who's totally blind myself and as someone who's responsible for producing these monthly podcasts, I'm very conscious that we need to cater for all aspects of sight loss. And one of the quite valid criticisms that may be valid that may be leveled at this podcast is that it may be a little oriented towards blindness technology uh, at the expense of some of our low vision pieces of equipment and low vision users if you have suggestions and you have low vision or you'd like to get involved or talk to us about a piece of technology i'd absolutely love to hear from you so please do get in touch send an email to technologypodcast at ncbi.ie 
Now, I think it's fair to say that GPS is on the minds of many blind and low vision travellers. I've tried out a couple of different solutions over the years. I have to say, I don't use GPS very regularly. I use a very basic app on my phone called Walk Dublin, which literally tells me where I am. And and for me, that's enough. But GPS does all sorts of things for all sorts of people. And depending on whether you want something that gives you orientational information or more so navigational information, there are lots of options out there. Well, Sendero have been uh, doing this GPS gig since 1995, would you believe? And their founder and president, Mike May, is a voice well known to uh, users of assistive technology the world over. At Site Village this year, I had a chance to attend a presentation given by Mike, which he gave us his permission to record and broadcast on our technology podcast. I've edited down the presentation so that you can enjoy the next 10 or so minutes of Mike May from Sendero talking GPS. I want to start the opposite from the iPhone to the PC. I'm going to go from the PC to the iPhone because, interestingly, we started with a PC in 2000 and now we've come back to it. And part of the reason for that is because most people have a PC, they have an access to it, it's faster than mobile devices or portable or note-taker devices, so it has a lot of benefits. It's convenient, it's relatively inexpensive, and it's ubiquitous. So we have on the PC two things. One is the talking maps, which I think are hugely underappreciated. You can do an awful lot of research and much better using the Sendero Maps on the PC than you could ever do on any of the internet tools because of the ability to browse, to search, to have everything 100% accessible to you. And I'll just give you a little taste of that. And this was really the first product we came out with in 1995, which was Atlas Speaks. And this is a modern version of Atlas Speaks. Anybody ever have that product? No? Oh. We're all too too young. (laughs) (laughs) Must be, must be. So I'm going to see what we have here up on uh, my my PC and if things are talking. Nearest intersection, left the wrong street, right and left. So I hit an X, as you might expect, that means intersection. I'm going to hit an A. A, address Cumberland Street. Okay, so I'm in. C City, Birmingham, England, B1 through. And now I can I can virtually walk around, arrowing through things. I ninety through east southwest Cumberland Street right. Which way am I headed? It's heading southwest two hundred sixteen degrees. And what's my intersection? No, that nearest intersection Cumberland Street right. And what point of interest is nearby? The nearest point no, two hundred forty six feet ahead southwest. I'm gonna hang a left. Jamar East on Broad Street at Cumberland Street. So now I'm going. It's heading northeast thirty seven degrees. Northeast on Broad Street, forward. I 185 feet northeast, Berkeley Street, right and Luzelle Street, left. So it's announcing my intersections as I come Cielo to them. Italian. The Cielo Italian restaurant is near that corner. I'm going to hang a left. Jenworth West on Luzelle Street at Broad Street and Berkeley Street. Forward. I 167 feet northwest, dead end Luzelle Street, behind. So dead ends over there. So as you see, I can, without leaving my hotel, I can go explore, see what's out there. investigate the points of interest, the intersections, and build a mental image of my environment. That's really very, very useful in in a number of practical ways. For example, coming to this uh, conference, I want to find, well, what hotel is the nearest? Are they walkable? 
If I choose a hotel that's near here, are there restaurants near the hotel? You want to cross-reference all of this different kind of information. And this is the way you do it on a PC. This is a really, really powerful tool. A lot easier to deal with things, if, even if you don't have GPS. This is just talking maps. If you have this to do your research ahead of time, it's very valuable. And it's not just an entertainment tool. This is also uh, something that's useful in terms of work. Knowing where you're going ahead of time is really valuable. If you're going to move to some area, you're going to see what kind of jobs are in a particular area. You can do a research um, with, with maps. You find out what kind of neighborhoods there are. Are there shopping nearby, grocery stores? Uh, what are the facilities in the area that you're considering moving to? There's so much research you can do virtually by using uh, this map product. Just in the last couple months, we did add GPS capability so that you can now. Uh, not a lot of people want to walk around with a laptop, but some of these things like the Microsoft Surface and other tablet slash PCs, because these things are all merging together, are pretty small. They're lighter than some of the note takers. So we, we do have a number of customers who have gotten the Microsoft Surface with Windows 8 and they install this version and actually use it portably. What, what I tend to use it for is if I'm in a vehicle, whether it's a train or in a car, and I've got my laptop going, I like to have the GPS running in the background while I'm doing email and, and other work. And so I will use the GPS in that environment. You obviously need an external GPS with most laptops. A few have a GPS built in, but most don't. So Bluetooth receiver for your laptop uh, will, will make that whole situation work. Does this map only apply to the UK or can you get them for? Worldwide. So all of our map products are based on our licenses in most areas from TomTom. Uh, in the case of New Zealand and Australia, it's from Navtech. South Africa is Navtech. But um, Asia, Europe, North America, few South American countries yeah, there's maps. So if you go to Spain, for example, and you want to know what you've just done, mm -hmm. you, you, the, the information is there, you haven't got to buy an extra map of Spain. The, the maps come in regions, so if there's a North America region map, there's a European region which has 25 or 30 countries in it, Western, Eastern Europe, UK, Ireland, it's all in there in one bundle. If you want to buy the other map section uh, is $48 for another map. It's the way that the map companies license it, New Zealand costs you the same amount as uh, all of Europe or all of North America. Yeah. Mexico is the same. I mean, some individual countries just cost the same as the whole region. Now, um, this is pretty much the same situation on the note-taker products. The note-takers it's kind of an old term for, you know, we also call them PDAs sometimes. <coughs> and these would be the Braille Note products and the Braille Sense, also the voice versions of those. So with or without uh, Braille and uh, the different kinds of keyboards, QWERTY keyboards and Braille keyboards, those products work pretty much the same, 99% the same between a Braille Note and a Braille Sense. And I have both of them up here on the table. I use both a Braille Note PK and a Braille Sense on hand uh, because of my roots with, with HumanWare and Braille Note. 
I've that's really where my heart has been all along. But the the Sense products are excellent, and you obviously wouldn't choose one of those just because of the GPS. The nice thing is the GPS is pretty much the same, but there are different features. Some people like the Keysoft uh, software from the Braille Note product. Some people prefer the, the more Windows type uh, Sense interface. But both of them will run GPS, and the nice thing is when you switch between GPS, between the two products, it's pretty much the same. G for GPS, A for address, D for destination. Those products all have the virtual capability and the GPS capability. What that means is when I walk out of the jury's in and my GPS is going, as I come to an intersection, it's going to announce what that intersection is. It's going to tell me what businesses I'm passing. This is what's different about a blindness product versus a product for sighted folks. We, we need look around information. We want to have our environment announced to us because obviously we can't see the print signs. What about the iPhone? The, this is something that Sendero embarked on, um, not necessarily because of business decision, it was because of users bugging us to do it. And people asked us for a couple years, are you gonna do an iPhone app? And we said, no, it doesn't make economic sense to do it. 90% of developers who come out with an iPhone app do not make money. Just because you pay 99 cents for something doesn't mean that the person makes money doing it. Unless they sell a million copies or five million copies, they probably don't. But it's a good deal for us, the user, to get these cheap apps. On the accessibility front, I'd ask people, how much are you willing to pay? And I asked this for about a year, and the general answer was, I'd pay a commercial price for, let's say, Navigon, plus a little bit, not a lot. So to us that said, okay, we can charge a little bit for the premium of accessibility, but we're gonna have a few thousand customers, we're not gonna have a few million. Um, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna make this happen? We finally came up with a strategy that helped to underwrite the development, and we released the product in the US about two weeks ago, and uh, we've gotten a lot of flack about the price. There's been probably too much discussion about that and um, not as much about the features because having done the, uh, the Braille Note products and the laptop and everything for 13 years, uh, we've implemented almost every feature we can think of and users can think of and we still have some things to add. And coming out with the first version of a product, you want to have all the, the major functionality in there but uh, leave lots of room for growth. And I think we, we've done that, and we've got our, our wish list, which is streaming in daily, probably as we speak from users. And uh, we, we're hoping that people will be understanding in terms of the price that we chose and the structure that we chose. I've, I've put out some podcasts about the thinking, so I'm, I'll go into that a little bit here if people ask the question and want to know. But there's a couple of good podcasts that go into the whys and wherefores and why did we choose a subscription and why did we choose the price we did and so forth. Uh, we probably, we, well, we can tell you that we're, we're certainly here testing what we've done so far in terms of the CNI app in the UK. The reason we have not released it here yet is because the map data that's provided by our, our uh, the company we've licensed with, 
is not good enough in the UK. The address matching isn't good enough. Um, there's, there's sections of certain roads where it doesn't give you an address range. So what that means is if you're on B Street and it says you're, you're in the 500 to 600 block of B Street, okay, you know that's the range. And if you're 50% of the way up the block, you're probably at 550 B Street. Well, for some reason, the map data they're using, it'll just say B Street and no range. And so it's hard to, if somebody wants to type in 550 B Street, the program can't match it. So the bottom line is we have to work out either an additional layer of map data or a different map provider in the UK before we can bring the product. And uh, we're, we're testing two or three different options under the hood while we're here, also uh, in France and in Germany, so we can get a feeling for uh, how some other map systems might work uh, and could be plugged into our product. One last thing is, if you haven't already, download the free People Finder app. Search on Sendero in the App Store, and you're gonna find this cool little app called People Finder. And what it does is when you're running it and somebody else is running it and they're within Bluetooth range, they're gonna pop up on your phone and it's gonna say Charles is nearby. So you can know uh, your friends and colleagues are in the vicinity. And we've offered that if anybody's running it, the first couple of people that find us will buy you a coffee or a drink if you find us on People Finder. <laughs> so thanks very much for coming and have a good rest of your conference. listening to NCBI's technology podcast we're at Site Village in Birmingham and I've caught up with Terry Clasper a friend of the podcast who was with us before Terry good to have you back yeah you can't get rid of me can you we can't uh, we, <laughs> we, we, we would want to because um, you've showed me a new addition to the Optilec range of braille displays something that I was looking for for quite a while and you and I spoke about Absolutely. portable 12 cell tell yep. us a bit about it so what we have is the EasyLink 12 touch now some people may remember from a number of years ago uh, the EasyLink product this this product is essentially based on the original EasyLink with some very nice additional features and facilities so to describe it to you you have a 12 cell braille a 12 cell braille keyboard directly behind the 12 cells of braille you have a static long bar now this is the cursor routing bar and our cursor routing is taking a very different approach to the cursor routing that other devices you'll have seen does. Because traditionally with cursor routing, you have a button that you, you slide your finger forward, slide your finger back, press the button, thank you very much, the cursor's there. Yeah. We don't do it that way with the touch, although obviously we do with our Alva range of products. Yeah. Um, with the touch, it's a sensor, so literally, you slide your finger slightly back, you don't need to touch the bar, you just need to basically slide your finger slightly back from the braille cell where you want the cursor to be. The unit then vibrates to indicate the cursor routing mechanism has been engaged and then the cursor comes to your finger. Now you've seen this 
um, and it's actually pretty accurate, isn't it? I'm just doing it as you're as you're talking about it here. I have a, a 12 cell in front of me. I'm moving my finger. It's vibrated. Bring my finger back, and there's the cell I've landed on. It's very, very slick. Then at either end of the braille display, you have a round button. Very distinct. All, all the buttons on the, 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 the EasyLink are very distinct in terms of, of, of their functionality. So on the left and the right-hand side of the braille display, you have a round button, and that button is responsible for panning the braille display left and right. So you're on a screen information on your iPhone, and you don't actually want to right-flick to the next element. You want to basically to read what's on the rest of the focused element. So panning right and left will enable you to do that. Then, obviously, you've got your brain input keyboard, your space bar, and the great thing is that all the keys have got the same amount of travel, so you know you can actually braille very, very quickly. And then on either end of, to either side of the space bar, you've got two similarly shaped keys. One is the shift key, one is the control key. And then finally, in the middle of the braille input keyboard, between dots one and four, you have a joystick. This is the mechanism you use for panning. So you move it to the left, you pan left, uh, well, flick left. Move it to the right, you flick right. And you push it in, and in the context of an iOS device, that would then perform a double tap. Okay. And Terry, I, I think it's fair to say, because it was the first thing I thought when I looked at it, people might draw similarities between this display and the Harpo Braille Pen 12, because they, um, the exterior certainly looks something similar, doesn't it? They are similar, but they are different. They're different, yeah. One of the differences is the cursor routing. Yeah. The other difference is that... One of the other differences is we remember the last device that you paired to, so you don't have any of this nonsense about having to keep repairing. Oh, okay. Right, which is very, very important. You know, we understand that once someone's gone through that, well, it's not particularly difficult to pair, is it, these days, but once someone's gone through that, they don't want to keep repeating the process. And then the other functional difference between the EasyLink 12 Touch and the pen is that the EasyLink 12 Touch has a clipboard. So imagine you're in a situation where you need to make a note of a phone number and you've got the touch with you but you're not connected to your iPhone or you haven't got time to go into the contacts and create another contact. Okay. You can jump into the clipboard by pressing three keys together, type a note of up to 500 characters, then assuming it was a phone number, the next time you go into your contacts, you get yourself into the edit field where you want that information to appear, press a series of three buttons, and irrespective of whether you type that information in grade one or grade two, that information will then transfer across the Bluetooth link from the touch to the edit field that you're focused on. Okay, so it's, 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 um, it's an ideal situation, as you say, if you're, if you're with your braille display, but maybe not accessible to your phone immediately, yeah. you want to take a quick note. It's not a note taker, let's be yeah. really clear about that. Yes. Yeah. So you, the reason for the 500 character restriction is because obviously it takes time to transfer and the more we let you have the greater the time to transfer okay so we're currently we're, we're currently and we can possibly review the 500 some people are saying why can't we have a thousand but our view at the moment is let's stick with 500 that we know we can quickly and reliably transfer to an edit field so I think that's a huge difference as well with the pen and then the final thing to tell you is about the battery and the charging mechanism that we're using so the 
touch with its own proprietary charger and you'll see on the back right hand side yep, there's, there's a, a round socket where the, the charger goes in okay now you might shake yourself oh no, that's a bit of a pain because I want to charge at USB while you can because what effectively you get is a box and one end of it is that lead you see now the other end is interchangeable and you can interchange it from a mains lead that goes into the wall or a USB lead okay so you can charge by USB if you want to and you know we felt for people who are on the move using a portable device USB charge is really important right now Terry what is this device working with in terms of peripherals okay so we're working with every screen reader I mean I, I question whether 12 cells of braille is enough to get functional use from a screen reader but yeah. people are saying they want it and so we've done it um, also it's working with um, iOS devices we have a bit of an issue at the moment because we're waiting for a, a firmware update for the cursor routing but we're told that's going to be resolved within the next week or so um, and then in the fullness of time we'll also be working with Android when I say the fullness of time I'm not talking a huge amount of time here but it was our view that we wanted to get iOS working before we got Android working right. so you know given a few weeks we're going to be functioning on every conceivable platform okay and the name of the product again is the EasyLink 12 Touch and it's available right now from Optelec it is and you better ask me the price I guess how much is it <laughs> I was waiting to the very end. Yeah, we always do. Um, well, I don't understand euros, of course, because I'm a good old Englishman. Uh, so £850 in, 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 in UK pounds. All right, fantastic. So you can do the conversion. It's a nice display. It's a nice carrying case. And uh, Terry, as always, thank you for coming on and telling us about it and for joining us on the podcast. That's my pleasure. Thanks for dropping by and enjoy the rest of the show. Many thanks to Terry Clasper there for a, a really interesting uh, interview at a very busy Site Village exhibition. And before that, of course, to Mike May for allowing us to record his presentation. I probably brought you about a quarter of that presentation, but it was really interesting. And Mike touched on, you know, GPS in general, not just um, GPS from Sendero. And uh, some mention of indoor GPS, too. There's some interesting things coming down the line, I think, in the next year or two. It'll be very interesting for us as visually impaired people, uh, you know, particularly you can imagine if you're trying to get around a, a shopping centre or something like that. Uh, thanks to all our contributors this month, Jamie, Lisa, Mike, Terry, Mark, Dave, and our reporter, Eloise. Um, before we go, there's a couple of interesting bits of news hanging around. As we record in early September, JAWS 15 public beta is available from the Freedom Scientific website if you'd like to download it. We had er Eric Damery, of course, last month talking about that. And uh, it's going to come out on the 18th of September iOS 7 is going to be uh, hitting the App Store and we'll all be upgrading our iPhone devices and then we're just waiting for news on the iPhone 5C and 5S. It's exciting stuff, I tell you. Now, join us in October when, amongst other things, we're talking iOS 7 with David Nason, who's talking all about uh, the new features and functionality, especially for low vision, and we're making a return to Windows 8. Until then, this is Stuart Lawler saying take care and thank you for listening. Bye-bye.